Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sports Communities Doing Sport Differently podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Pallas, founder and CEO of Sports, Sports Community. And today I'm really excited, and I mean really excited, to be talking to Linda Maddams, club president of the Melbourne Front Runners. The Melbourne Front Runners are an inclusive running and walking club for the LGBTIQ community and their allies open to anyone regardless of ability, age, sexual orientation or gender identity. The Melbourne Front Runners walk, run, train at some of Melbourne's most iconic running locations such as the Tan Running Track, Princess Park and other great locations around Melbourne and and have four Athletics Victoria accredited coaches who offer regular coaching sessions for members regardless of their fitness and their ability. Through the chat, we'll explore the growth, the phenomenal growth, really, and the success of the front runners. And Linda shares plenty of really cool insights around participation, attracting new participants, especially those that are not currently participating in any sport or recreation. She especially focuses on and shares her insights on the importance of catering to different abilities and fitness levels. And taking people from a position where they have little or no confidence all the way through to confidently participating in the club activities. As always, I'd really like to acknowledge the partnership we have with Vic Health and how grateful we are for the opportunity to share the stories and successes of sports clubs and organisations around Australia who are doing sport differently. Vic Health and La Trobe University's Centre for Sport and Social Impact have drawn upon years of experience to develop six key principles to guide the design and delivery of sports-based programs that target less active people. And it is these principles that we regularly refer to during our, our interviews. So stick around and hear my takeaways at the end of, end of the interview. But for now, let's dive straight in and hear from the amazing Linda Maddams, from the Melbourne Front Runners Club. So Melbourne Front Runners um, is part of a, a global sort of um, community um, of front runners. Um, there was a group way back in the early 70s that was set up for um, running, um, to set up a, an LGBTI kind of space for runners. Uh, and so the Melbourne Front Runners itself has been up and running for about up and running uh, for about 15 to 16 years probably a little bit longer i've been part of the um the club for almost 10 years um so we are i think at the moment one of the i think fourth largest recreational running group here in melbourne victoria um and the only as far as i know lgbti running group um currently have around about uh, 182 uh, members um so we're a walking running group um so all ages generally from 20 up um we meet four days four times a week wednesdays um saturdays and sundays out in princess park on a sunday and albert park on a sunday as well and uh, the tan on a saturday morning and the tan on wednesday evening when we're able to meet when um, so is the club a running do people join the club as a running to to as a running club 
or a social club and then they become runners or which 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 way attracts your your members the most regularly uh, I think there used to be a saying that um, we're a running group with a um, coffee addiction. You know, it's all about the coffee and, and the social side of things. I think that's a big draw card for a lot of people in our community. Um, it's about um, connection and, um, you know, what better way to do it than over coffee generally. So you add a bit of running and walking into it as well and you get a healthy coffee addiction. Uh, so I guess it's 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 a combination of lots of things, mostly um, – we, I think it started out more from the active side to, to build the community for that connection side. So, and then it's kind of have grown since then. So, yeah. So what sort of, and I do like on the website, it's, you say it's a social club with a running problem and uh, yeah. uh, having yeah. a, an ultra marathon runner as a friend, uh, he, uh, I can very much equate to that, that philosophy. So, Four times a week. So as you, you you say, you cater for those that are walking or even haven't even thought about walking or running all the way through to competitive um, marathon running, be your coaches, you've got um, trainers. So how do you structure your activities to cater for that incredibly diverse group of um, participants? Yeah, it's – yeah, it's um... – up until three years ago, um, we used to have the odd coach, not, not as an odd, but a coach come in occasionally to take some training sessions if we were aiming for a, say, like the Melbourne Marathon. But now so the club has invested back into the, the club itself and have actually members who are trained up as coaches to facilitate coaching and training sessions. So we actually have now um, a training program, um, actually running one at the moment. We have train, training sessions on a Tuesday morning, uh, also Wednesday evening and um, on a Saturday morning as well. So I think having the different runs at the different times at the different places allows for people to, um, those who actually want to train for a particular event, we have training available to them. Those who just want to come along and do a lap of the tan or Princess Park or Albert Park, you can do that as well. You can run or walk it. Um, so I think it's just we've, we've able to um, have a club set up so that it can cater for our, our, our mixed um, group of, of members, you know, those who actually do want to come along and, and improve their running, those who just are happy with their um, level of fitness, just want to go along and, you know, do a lap with somebody, have a chat. Because, you know, um, running with someone, um, you, you can make it go a lot quicker than, you, and, than you're doing it on your, on your own. Especially if you, if you have you run around the town at all, uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, hundreds of times. I, I had a failed career of uh, of uh, trying to be a, a a premier cricketer back 30 years ah. ago. So, running Albert Park Lake uh, and uh, running the tan is something I uh, know intimately well, and uh, brings back very painful memories, to be honest. <laughs> and so, a lot of people have um, the the biggest challenge is the Anderson Street Hill. And, um, you know, once they've conquered that, you know, they, they're pretty chuffed with themselves, you know. Like, but that's kind of their measure of, of uh, I guess, their personal success. If they can run that without stopping, you know, there's a nice little, you know, uh, you know fist pump at the end. Um, so um, what I was saying about that is just that it's, it's just, it's, it's, the success is individual. Um, so we don't, we don't sort of, we, we try to have, um, various things available to to the, to try and meet 
the many needs or different needs of our, our, our club. And one of them is, like I say, training and, and the social side of things. But, um, you know, if you're running with somebody and, and, you know, before you know it, you're up that hill without even um, realising you've actually conquered it, to be honest. So, so I'm, I'm from New Zealand and when, when people said to me, oh, you know, Anderson Street Hill, oh, that's a real killer. You know, I get to the top and I get to the, um, you know, back to where we start from, I said, oh, what's that hill you were talking about? They said, the Anderson Street Hill. I thought, that's a little rise in New Zealand. We're talking hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always found the back, the backside uh, slow, steady gradient actually harder after coming down the, <laughs> yeah. up the hills. So, um, yeah. but Anderson Street Hill. Now, for those that don't know Melbourne, it's what it'd be a five hundred meter uphill climb. Yeah, quite a bit. Yep. Um, meter. Uh, it, significant it's not a slow gradient it's it's not insignificant so if i'm a a new beginner to to the club it, it is and even if i and particularly if i'm not overly active when i'm looking to start to you know get a bit more active particularly i've been locked down in melbourne uh how do you does that create some challenges for people and some anxiety or or how do you overcome the, the barriers that people naturally put in self or, or in my case excuses for why they wouldn't be walking or running yeah I, you know it's a, a lot of people who who um you know i've heard stories initially even but i remember sort of coming and, uh, no one wants to hold anyone back and you know so they don't want to be that person who's the slow runner or yep, a slow yep. walk or, or anything like that and it's um it's interesting because like I, none of us in the group um would hold that against anyone at all you know but I, it's a personal thing it really is you just got to come along and and see for yourself it's like um it's yeah no one's going to say make you run up the hill you know without stopping um on your first go and well i think we've all been there we've all had to start some somewhere you know so it's um a lot of our members are so so supportive of of our newbies um whatever level of fitness if you're just getting into it um you know we've got walkers um got fast walkers um and we usually try and buddy people up at the start so that you're not left running on your own so um yeah it's just come along and give it a go that's all i say you know it's it's scary and i've listened to a lot of the sessions that you've run recently and a lot of the things are it's just getting out of that car, you know, coming yeah, up to yeah. meet people. That's that that you know, it's the hardest part. And I think sometimes when you're in that, you forget that as well. Um, but every member that I, I can remember um, who 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 are new are always warmly welcomed. You know, so I mean, I'm part of the group for ten years. So. Yeah, and I think it's something that that us experienced. Um, when I say experience, they're really comfortable and experienced walking in and out of clubs and sporting yes. environments. We forget is is that that feeling that you're right. No one wants to be the person that slows others down or makes you know requires them to stop for a little bit of a break. And uh, and I've experienced that over the last couple of months myself, running with my ultra marathon running mate, who's kind of making me run five kilometers three times a week and uh uh you know he's i'm you know to slow him down i've made him run 25 kilometers before we do our, our little session so, <laughs> yeah. so you know I, I also kind of really get that feeling so it's really important to to overcome how is yeah. the group recruiting its members 
how, how does how do people join? You don't go from just a handful of mates, a mm. common common um, interest or common common theme, to be one of the largest running groups in Victoria and Australia. How are you recruiting and attracting new members? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think um, it's just the general friendliness, you know, like. Um, and because we we are LGBTI, like members out um, in our community are looking for connection, you know. Like, I think that's that's usually one of the first things that people are looking for. Is like, where 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 do I belong, you know? And and um, how can I how can I just go somewhere where I don't have to explain who I am? Um, and so you know, coming along initially is is scary, but I think I think um, you know our website says who we are. Um, but also over the last few years, like we've got our new um, <laughs> our, uh, outfits and stuff. So, um, so you know, we're, we're appearing in big races. Um, we're out in the tan, um, and people get to see get to see us, um, and they get to see all of us. It's not it's not just like the elite looking runner. We 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 just runners come in all shapes and sizes, runners and walkers. You know, it's just um, I guess for me, my personal experience, it's what, what keeps me in the club is that um, it, it's the people, you know, like it's, we're, we're more than runners and walkers, um, we're family. I, I, that's the only way I can express it, express it really, is that um, someone, you know, someone's looking out for you. If they haven't seen you at a run for a couple of, a couple of weeks, more often than not, you get a text message or a message saying, oh, you know, how are you going? Just it's just a friendly one, just, you know, I haven't seen you, are you going okay? So that acknowledgement that um, you matter, um, you're important to us, um, especially in our community, is, is, is huge. And I think that's what keeps people coming back as well, um, that just that warm, friendly, openness and safe environment. Is it the members that are recruiting, you know, even passively without consciously going out and recruiting as a, as a recruiting drive per se, but constantly inviting people into the community into the club reassuring them about yeah Anderson Street Hills not too far and Albert Park's not 5.4 kilometers and um and 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 really encouraging their their community or their network outside of the club is that a is that a driving force of recruitment as well yeah I'm not quite sure um if we sort of um have you heard of Midsummer, Midsummer Festival? Like it's something that usually happens. Um, yeah, so we often have a stall um, there every year, which unfortunately won't be happening this January, but it's hopefully planned for April, May next year. So we set up a, um, we have a little stall there to sort of, you know, promote out what we do as a as a club as well. So it's probably one of our biggest um, uh, advertising or promotion of our club. Um, and, I, and I guess the biggest the biggest thing for us is just it has been word of mouth. People have just shared their experience with with others, um, and people have come along to give us a go, give us a try. Yeah. And you are very visual and 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 consistent. Same time, same place, same you know, visual with your uniforms and uh, and that sort of thing. So people people will. I'm sure uh, are watching and going, oh, should I, shouldn't I? And and may take weeks or sometimes months to, to reach out. So so that's... Yeah. That's well, a couple of stories that they had, you're like people joining us, they've, they've gone, they've turned up on Saturday morning. Uh, we, we have a big 
turn out usually on a Saturday morning, sometimes between um, on summertime can be anywhere from 60 to 80 people on a Saturday morning on a summer's day. That's, that's pretty big and pretty scary. So we've had a few people who kind of walked past and, you know, kind of thought, mm, maybe not today. But, you know, they've got the courage from somewhere to, to come in and, and join the group. So, yeah, it's it's people have seen us. Um, but the whole nerve thing, you know, the whole getting out of the car, you know, joining us it is, is, is a big thing. So, and so one of the things that you're looking to overcome and, and excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, overcome that, that barrier is you were just prior to COVID, the club was kind of looking to introduce a program, Walk to Run. Do you want to just give us a little bit of background about why you, you kind of thought about a program like that and then what did it entail? Yeah, so the idea was, um, we, we, I think for a lot of groups as well, there's, there's uh, the gender equality is sort of like more men than there are women and um, our club is, is no different um, in that respect as well. So one of the driving forces was to try and encourage more women to come along and give running a go. Um, yep. Because, you know, it's a lot of people think it's about just, um, you know, putting a pair of shoes on, tying up and heading out. But, you know, a lot of people get injured because they're not, they're not doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, you know, a pair of runners, oh, yeah, I'll just get out there and, you know, run two or three Ks, no problem. And, you know, they, they um, get injured or think to themselves, oh, that was too hard, I won't do that again. So the Walk to Run program was to try and just sort of encourage people to um, do it properly, you know, do it, do it right the first time. Um, you know, you start slowly. It's not about speed. It's about um, building your body to make it safe for running, you know, because it's a high um, impact sport, you know, there's a lot of weight going through your, your your joints and stuff. So we wanted to do that slowly. So the whole idea was to try and do that with women um, to, in time for the women, um, Carmen Women's Fun Run, so which is yeah, just specifically for women. That was what we were trying to aim for. But we also recognised too that it's not just women who, um, you know, would, we would like to encourage to 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 do the program we'd like um you know all people to give it a go so um so that was the what that was the sort of concept around trying to set the program up um we were sort of looking at um, four days a week of training um three of those days with a coach two to three of those days with the club a club coach and um two one to two days self-directed um, training on their own i mean you've got to have sort of some accountability um you can you know you know you can do as much as you can but um, and, and still support, still supporting them while they're doing their own training, but it's kind of like you need to be able to sort of um, show your commitment to yourself as well. So yes. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm really keen to explore a couple of points that you just said there. But one of the points I, I'd really like to explore is why is yeah in this case running so gender specifically male dominated like you. You just need runners, you know. What's what? What has been the barriers? That's yeah. And I've just trivialised the whole concept just a little bit there. But, but right. what 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 is why do you think it is that that um, that it is being so heavily weighted towards male participants? And I love the fact that you're reacting to that. But why? What 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 is it that's caused yeah. that? Um to be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure myself. Um, I think, I guess, if you're a woman, you know, uh, and we've recognised this now in club, trying to trying to figure out ways that we can make it, um, 
you know, it, the whole thing, if you can't see it, how can you be it kind of thing. Um, so sometimes Saturday turn up on a Saturday, other people have different um, things on as well. So we're also trying to think about, is it just the Saturday or is it maybe we need to head out west, um, smaller groups? Um, the Saturday is generally our, our biggest mm-hmm. uh, group session take up. So um, I, I'm, and I know we're not the only club that have that sort of gender imbalance. Um, but for us, what we what we implemented also was we have a women-only training group on a Wednesday night at Princess Park. So we have around about 10 to 12 members who turn up on a, uh, when we were doing the training, uh, Wednesday night to do our specific training. And that's that's been that's been a, um, our big increase in terms of um, numbers for our club, for women. So we're trying to sort of make it more specific women i guess we have different needs as well so um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on you know like if you um again the whole thing about i'm not going to be fast enough all the guys are too fast uh so we've tried to look at you know just women only on a wednesday night which has been quite successful so yeah and i think i think probably one of the major causes without knowing specifically about your club but kind of learning from these series and the interviews i think is is confidence and and people not really having the confidence to kind of get involved and so going back and and those couple of strategies taking me from zero to in my case being on the couch for 20 15 years and then starting to slowly run with the guidance of a very knowledgeable runner who didn't allow me to go too hard too early but then as you know ramped it up as he thought um, he was clearly wrong, but he thought I could handle it. Um, and that was invaluable to me. And so that knowledge and that safety and that confidence and um, and those those women only running groups allow those safe, safe is probably the wrong word, but those environment of consistent people with similar journeys. And, and I think that's a really, really great learning and building, taking people from zero to, to confident in their own ability that they can then join the, the 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 more bigger group that's running regularly is that how you would see it yeah to a point i think um confidence is one of them for sure um but it, i guess it's um for a lot of people though it, it's it's can you see yourself in this group like who who, who can you relate to do you, do you know what i mean like um yeah. if you if you are seeing a lot of fast runners only then you you're going to think maybe this isn't for me so i guess it's one of the key things we try to do in all of our sessions is uh and i'm sure loads of clubs do this but you've got to incorporate a bit of fun you know it's 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 not it's oops uh but you just you've got to incorporate that have that fun aspect of it that friendliness um and um to make people feel more comfortable about about being there so yeah well, and, and hence, and I think that comes through on everything that that's in the discussions and in the website and on your website. You do say you're a social club with a running problem, so so automatically that the emphasis is on social connectiveness and on fun, and so so that's really 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 important. And again, another theme that's come out through the whole whole just doing sport differently. I'd just like to just get you to look forward a little bit and, and we'll just ignore the fact that the camera is frozen a little bit, but, uh, but you're still coming through loud and clear, which is, which is fantastic. 
you are and we are in lockdown Melbourne and um, at some stage in the future that we will unlock and one of the things that we will do is is we will we will look to be a bit more active than we've been through lockdown so how would the club does the club see that as an opportunity as an advantage as or how will the club respond when we when lockdown is finally um, uh, released albeit probably slowly in Victoria Oh, God, I think there might be just a big gay parade down um, <laughs> Pinsel Street. I don't know. Uh, we're, just, we're just hanging out for it. I mean, um, so obviously we, we did trial it going back in smaller groups. Um, you know, I think it was June, June, July. There was a small window where we were able to sort of get yeah. a group of up to 10. You know, that was quite exciting. So, uh, you know, we were able to manage it that way in terms of, you know, making sure that we recorded everybody who was there and, you know, followed all the, the procedures and that kind of stuff. But um, so the plan is that we, we just we just wait and see what we've got to work with. Um, and then, you know, the idea is to think about, you know, although our biggest group is on a Saturday morning, maybe we maybe we have smaller groups around dotted around Melbourne on a on a Saturday morning. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of really hard to to, to even think about what what it's yeah, like. No, do we? Well, we've got so many things that we had planned. We wanted to do our Pride Run in February. Um, we don't know what that's going to look like. Um, yeah, so so one of the things we're trying to do just a moment is we've, we've got a nice little training program for our members um, that aiming for a virtual run at the end of November. So it's still trying to keep people together. Um, and if this is some of these restrictions in the next few weeks, then maybe, you know, a group of five people can get out and do a, a short run together um, and then look forward to sort of organising something for this virtual run we've got planned at the end of November. Uh, so brilliant. So yeah. even even through COVID and lockdown, just keeping that connection between your members, which is, uh, which is obviously the key to the success of your club. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, a lot of time on... Uh, yeah, a lot of time on Zoom, like for the training sessions, like the, for this program that we've got, which is now seven weeks working up towards a half marathon, um, we've got a, a yoga session on a Monday night. We've got a strength and, uh, strength and conditioning session uh, on a Wednesday morning and Wednesday night, um, as well as the tr running program. Like we've got a coach's choice that people sort of go out and, and run on a Tuesday. They um, log their runs on, on our Facebook page, and uh yeah so it's just it's people are enjoying that sort of extra challenge and still feel connected yeah i think that's the connected fun and uh every now and then a little bit of a run seems to be my sort of uh my sort of running club so um linda thank you so much for sharing your experience and, and the journey of your club it's a it's a wonderful journey it's a wonderful um it's a wonderful club and and i must admit i have seen i have seen the the, the singlets and the t-shirts running around the tan as i've uh well driven past thinking I should be out there. um so thank you very much for sharing uh, your story with uh with us today at sports community Oh, Steve, thanks so much. And even though I'm frozen, I really appreciate the opportunity to um, yeah, be part of this. Uh, it's great. Well, I hope you gained as much from the discussion with Linda as I did. For us at Sports Community, it's always fascinating to look under the hood of successful clubs because that's how we learn. And today was 
was no exception. From my my perspective, it's clear that so much of the front runners' growth is down to their ability and decision to evolve their participation options over time, continually adjusting and catering for the needs of their members and their participants. The, th the third principle of the Doing Sport Different Differently framework states participation should cater to different levels of skill, ability, and fitness. And that's unquestionably what Linda and her committee have done at Melbourne Front Runners with great effect. They have options for those that are beginning their journey with walking and running. As I said at the start of the session, they have four accredited coaches who regularly provide coaching sessions for those who take their running a little bit more seriously or for everybody in between. To use Linda's words, runners come in all shapes and sizes and being able to cater to the different shapes and sizes, read fitness levels and abilities is critical if you're looking at building the capacity of your club and increased participation. We've seen many clubs, and if we broaden the discussion, many sports who are currently struggling with participation numbers, and often we can trace that challenge right back to the only options that they provide are often only the competitive options. Again, as we've spoken a number of times throughout this podcast series, Bowls is a great example of a sport that saw their rate of participation decline for decades when they only offered the competitive sports, pennant bowls, competition bowls. And it wasn't until they introduced their social and introductory formats, such as barefoot bowls, jack attack, bowling with babies, that, that their sports participation really began to skyrocket. And now they're transferring those social bowlers back into their competitive formats. Circling back to the front runners, the Walk to Run program Linda Outline is a great example of a program designed for less active people with little or no prior experience with running. Now, this transfers to our clubs and making us or challenging us to think about how are we going to introduce people to our clubs that have got little or no experience with our sport. As Linda explained, no one wants to hold anyone back. No one wants to be the slow runner or the slow walker. And by removing the barrier, you increase the chances of someone willing to give it a crack. Complementing the need for introductory participation options is the need for social participation options. In fact, recent evidence indicates that most adults for most adults, fun isn't just about competing and winning. It's about socialising, developing their skills and enjoying the interactions with other people. Again, you can learn more about that underlying research in our interview with Professor Rochelle Imey in Episode 3 of the Doing Sport Differently podcast series. It's through this lens, then, that sports clubs need to consider their participation options. And it's absolutely not to say you, should have, you shouldn't have comp competitive options at all. It's about recognising the need for social participation options and introductory options to complement the competitive options of our club. Clearly, there is an emphasis on social element and social connectedness at the front runners. I love how they call themselves a social club with a running problem. It's a huge draw card and it, it really states fun right up front and centre. 
They have a buddy system. They check in on each other. They help each other's. They help each other out. In Linda's words, they're a family. It's an environment where members feel at home, where they have a strong sense of belonging, and they don't need to explain or justify what they believe in. And what's better than that? Well, it's no doubt when you think about these these really fundamental cultural behaviours of the Melbourne frontrunners. Um, that there's no doubt or there's no surprise that they're a very successful, fast-growing and highly inclusive club. So I hope the discussion with Linda has given you some ideas around how to diversify the participation options at your club and think about how your club can introduce people to your club that are not currently participating in sport or your sport. So before I go, as I say, every single podcast, thank you so much to our sports community members. It's only with your support that we're able to to provide all of the wonderful resources that we do for sports club volunteers. So if you're a sports club volunteer, if you know someone that's a sports club volunteer, then go to our website, www.sportscommunity.com.au, which contains thousand over a thousand pages of resources information online training courses all designed to make it as easy as possible to be a club volunteer so if you are a member thank you thank you thank you and if you're not a member check out the website sportscommunity.com.au check out the membership tab and it'd be wonderful if you could help us continue to support support the volunteers of our amazing community sports clubs. But until next week's podcast, I'm Steve Pallas. Thank you so much for listening and being part of our sports community.